We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Shabbos, everybody. Good Shabbos. We're going to begin the Torah service with our open up, with opening up the Torah and also opening up for all of those who want to come up for an aliyah, a rise to up to the, or, to the open Torah as well. The first aliyah, which is the call for anyone who feels connected to the teaching and to the verses that we will read together to come forward. That can be found on page 1173, 1173. 1173. Oh, you don't have books, right. Okay, so it can be found here. So, Vayelech Moshe, shortest parsha in the Torah, aside from Vayib and Soha Aaron, the shortest parsha in the Torah, meaning the smallest amount read. We're not going to read the entirety of the parsha, but sometimes coupled together with the parsha that came last week, which is Nitzavim, just to give you a sense of context and where we are. We are in the book of Deuteronomy, which of course is written, quote unquote, by Moses, in the voice of Moses. It's the first person. Moshe is as the teacher speaking to the people very directly and giving them his wisdom, his last, his peroration, his last words. Moshe, in his oration, is, or the character of Moshe in his oration is decidedly exhortational. He's exhorting the people. He's telling them, don't forget, wake up. Reminding them, he's kind of doing the first midrash, on the Torah, the first real gloss on the Torah is going back over what took place in the book of Exodus and the details of what took place in the book of Leviticus and in Numbers, essentially doing it all over again, which is, of course, the name Deutero, not Deuteronomy is Deutero, is the second telling, the Mishneh Torah. This Parsha, of course, is, we're coming to the close. We're coming to the finish line. They are in front of the land of Israel. They're in the steeps of Moab in the Moabite area of the desert of Sinai. They are not yet into the land, but they can see it as it were from the mountaintops. Moshe, in this moment, stands before the people in last week's Parsha and says, Atem nitzavim hayom kulchem. He says, all of you are nitzavim, you're here, all present and accounted for. And then in last week's Torah reading, Moshe tells them about the covenant that they will volitionally and intentionally enter into as opposed to something coercive. This Parsha, which is named for the first word, the first important word, as many of them are, is very odd. The Parsha's name is Vayelech, and he walked, and he went. Vayelech. And as we discussed in this morning's open book, when we opened up the Torah to look at this reading, this is a very odd moment. This Vayelech seems to be discontinuous with the reality, as I've just painted it for you, because the entirety of the people are standing there, 
And so, and he went seems to be a very odd thing. Where did he go to tell all the people? Weren't all of the people there? Weren't all of the people there? Now, you might have glossed over that. I glossed over it for years. But it wasn't lost on the rabbis and on the medieval commentators, Eben Ezra and Abarbanel in the 16th century. All of them want to know. The Ramban in the 13th century in Spain want to know, where did Moses go? Where was there to go? He was there. Everyone was there. What are we missing? This seeming highlight or this kind of this oddity of reading the text so closely as to get caught on this word. Really? Does it really matter? I mean, it's just a phrase. He went. It opens up, as we've said many times, midrashic moment. Midrashic moment. It's really, it opens it up. Like, what is this? Vayelech. So one could answer, as many did in the class this morning, well, maybe he went inside. That was Clela Nooning's beautiful insight. She said, well, he's about to tell them that he's going to die, which is in the very next verses. He's no longer coming and going as he used to. I'm not half the man I used to be. And he needed to go inside. It was an internal journey of coming to that place, of being able to speak honestly. Vayelech Moshe, like the lech lecha, of the Hasidic and Midrashic reading, he went to his place. Or it could be, as Andrea Funer and others said in the class, it can be read simply, he went, meaning he went, he, you know, he, there was movement, there was movement there, maybe it could make sense in the sense that it's all a going, he was going to talk to the people, he went to talk to them. But we found that the Ramban, Nachmanides, adds a piece that, of course, makes this even, you'll see in a moment, even more beautiful. He says, instead of trying to figure out where, the, where he went, let's just read this as if the people weren't there. That the Torah doesn't tell us, but the people were standing for a long time. Shul went over. It was 3 o'clock, and it was still people waiting to go home, and they left. It doesn't say that in the text, but the Ramban took it upon himself to say, the people went home. They went back to their tents. And essentially, Moses was left with this really big news that he had to go and deliver to the people. And instead of calling them back and saying, hey, wait a second, I'm not finished, come back to Shul, he went to each and every one of them and gathered them and brought them the news. And the Ramban says, Nachmanides in in Spain says, this is a big moment. Moses has really important news to tell the people. He doesn't wait for them to come to him. He goes out to tell them. Shemshon Rafal Hirsch, the great German exegete, we talked about this this morning. He says, this is Moses' character. He's humble. He's a leader who says, you know what, I have to go find the people where they are. Moses' quality was humility, and so it wasn't even a thought. Moshe, of course, went to the people to find them where they were. And in the language of the Ramban, that when you're about to leave someone, you're leaving someone's house, you don't just leave. Moshe is leaving the scene, he's going to die. He doesn't just say, they'll find out about it in the news. He goes and finds them and tells them this important news.
A more mystical reading is offered by Shlomo of Radomsk. The Radomsky Rebbe says, and we did this this morning and I love it so much. Vayelech Moshe. Where did Moses go? Moses went into each and every one of us. Vayelech Moshe says the Radomsky Rebbe is the teaching of the Zohar that says, Itpashtute de Moshe becholdara, that the expression of Moshe is in every generation. Vayelech Moshe is like the scene with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, where Luke is looking and saying, are you really going to die now? And he says, I'll be even stronger after I leave the scene because I'll be everywhere. In this moment, Vayelech Moshe is a reminder, says the Radomsker, that whenever someone sits and learns Torah, Moshe is alive and well. Whenever someone sits and learns Torah and renews something, it's as if Moshe is alive and well. You can imagine that truth now for all of our ancestors. Imagine for a moment the phrase, whenever I am, my grandfather, my grandmother is alive and well. Whenever I am kind, whenever I am generous. Our tradition recognized the need for role models and mentors, God bless you, who would inspire us even when their physical presence was no longer with us. The power of Moshe that we were talking about, Scott, was really brilliant in this morning's reading. We were really talking about the, the project of the individual's bigger, like the individual's project, the project of Torah, the project of the person's life lives on beyond them, and the Torah wants us to double down on that this morning. Moses will die, but we won't know where he's buried. It says scholar Michal Goodman, a good friend of mine in his book, The Last Speech of Moshe, the entirety of the book of Devarim, the, the entirety of this book is a polemic against Egypt where pharaohs are, have pyramids that people go to visit, but Moses has no place where we know where he's buried, where people don't leave the scene and before they are killed, where power moves from father to son instead of to Yehoshua, who isn't the child of Moses. What lives on beyond Moses must be more important than Moses, his personal life. And so says Micha, the only thing that makes its way into the land of Canaan is not Moses' body or his bones, but rather what? His words. The first thing the Israelites do when they walk into the land of Canaan is they take his message and they write it down on stones. Moshe, Moshe leaves the scene, but he can never be dead. So if we were to imagine for a moment back to that exercise, when I X, my grandfather, grandmother, my ancestors are alive and well, what might you say this morning? What might be the Torah of your, how you complete that sentence, if anybody wants to offer one? When I am, boom. When I am something, some quality, I know that my are alive and well. When you go to shul, your mother is alive. When I, when I laugh, my father's father is alive. And when I eat your honey cake, then my lekach, my lekach, yeah, Shoshana. When you eat which pastries? Pastries. 
Viennese pastries. Beautiful. Eden. When I do something that scares me, my father is alive. Sam. When Sam reads the Shema, he always thinks of his grandmother. Say that again. Oh. So you can hear her saying it in your ear. Yeah, Juliet. Social justice, my parents are alive. When I participate in social justice, my parents are alive. Daniel. When I sing Eitz Chaim, my father's voice comes out. When I am compassionate, the Rebbe is happy. When I am compassionate, the Rebbe is happy. Klila. When I volunteer, my brother is alive. I'm only repeating one, so I think people can't hear. Um, Livia and then Andrea. When I read Vayela, I think Avraham Avinu is being fulfilled. When reads Vayela, she feels as if Avraham Avinu, Abraham, our patriarch, is walking forth in the command to respond to go forth. Yes. The whole thing. Beautiful. Andrea and then Lou. When I express Yiddishkeit, my mother's whole family comes alive. Lou. So when, this is great. When Lou picks his butt off the seat in, a, in what's called a kind of a very, a very um, it's a formal, it's an informal or formal, it's kind of a, a uh, uh, fulfillment of the requirement to bow, but it's not a full bow. It's just kind of like lifting yourself up. Then he thinks of his dad. Kind of like in that way. That's the way my dad did it. That's great. Yeah. When I'm kind, my father is alive. When I am kind, my father is alive. Yeah. When I go to work, my father is alive. When you go to work, <laughs> father is alive. Jane. When Jane dances, her mother is alive through the dance. Alyssa. When Alyssa Marco Gaba eats, she's the Gaba here, one of the Gabaim. Her great grandfather, the Gabai, is Gabaing through her, with her. That's great. I got to stop for that one. It's wrong. I thought I said something. Someone, who had their hand up? Like, uh, Rabbi Jill? When Rabbi Jill rides waves, her father is alive. I thought you were going to stay also when you work in the garden. David. Hmm. Alina. 
She's working hard on a project. Her great-grandmother on Hester Street selling pickles is alive. Ariel. When I'm a healer, my grandmother who wanted to be a nurse is alive. So when you are a healer, your great-grandmother, your grandmother? Your grandmother who wanted to be a healer is alive. I'll take a couple more. Yeah, all in the back. I can't see anybody, but... Is it hash? What is it? When you cool it overnight? When you cook chicken soup overnight and it stays overnight, your grandmother is alive. Chicken soup. What can we do without chicken soup? Yes, and then... When you bless your children on Friday night... Your parents and grandparents are with you in your hands. Yes. Well, I, it's hard to repeat that, but when you, when you skim the schmutz, which means like the, the, the fat, the chicken fat, what comes up, the, the fat that rises, yeah, then Alan's grandmother is, is alive. Well, okay, uh, two more, and then we're going to come for, yeah. When you're out in nature or you're taking care of animals, your brother is alive. So more than two, I think, Batya, and then my dear friend Arnie. <clears throat> So when you come to shul, you used to, you, used to, you remember. Now you will remember that your uncle used to sit when you were in the balcony in the Ezra's Nashim. You're in the upper in the balcony. He'd be waving to you, and you were a little girl. Arnie. When my wife lights Shabbos candles, my mother is alive. When my wife lights Shabbos candles, my mother, mother is alive. Vayelech Moshe. Vayelech Moshe. Carol, one more. Carol. As you say Kaddish, the whole history comes through you. Vayelech Moshe. And Moses went. So this is a deep meditation this week on the truth. Romamu has been awakening truth. And it is certainly the truth that our tradition imagines that the legacy of how people live their lives becomes Torah for how we might live ours. The legacy of how people live their lives becomes Torah for how we might lead ours. And if we are to take the Tikkun Zohar seriously on any level, this great 14th century mystical text, there is a little bit of Moshe inside each and every one of us, and so that would be the case. There's a little bit of Abraham, a little bit of Sarah, a little bit of Rebecca, a little bit of... Rachel, Leah, Isaac, and Jacob, and all of these amazing characters, and a little bit of all of those. Would that we would be able to say that about our current leadership in various places in our lives, imagining that children and others look to leaders to be exemplars of qualities that we would want to emulate. Would that that were the case. But still, we have Moshe, and we have your grandparents. 
And we have many of those qualities, and I imagine that each and every one of you named people who were themselves complicated people. Qualities, not in toto, but pieces. Fragments also that we would like to lift up and have come through us. This morning's Open Up, the Aliyah, for those who feel called this morning, is for those who might be reflecting in the next couple of days as we make our way towards Yom Kippur, about what a generation from now or two someone might be saying as they sit in another venue about us. That a rabbi or someone else might say, this morning I would like for you to call forth your ancestor, Nigel, and imagine what quality you are living of that person as you live your life. What quality in you will become an inspiration for some one else. I kind of imagine that all of you might want to do this work this week. If that is the case, then you can just stand in your seats. If you feel called to come forward and stand with the Torah, that's also an option. Either one is there for you, standing in your place or coming and rising and standing here on the bima. If that will be something you might want to take on in the next couple of days, that simple, but for me personally, very profound meditation, what is it about my life that I hope I might cultivate so that someday someone might say that that lives on through them. Please come forward for the open up this morning. All of those this morning who will be meditating on their legacy on that which will come from them and towards others to inspire their lives for the first Aliyah. <laughs> 